The ELCA becomes a refugee church. We talk about Ten Commandments in the news, although we forgot to talk about the Ten Commandments. And then we crunch this Hillsong song. Can a Hillsong song make it past the cruncher? Maybe so. Stay tuned. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. A radio show that confesses Christ without confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes Scripture seriously without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio. I, I like how he ran in the room thinking that you accidentally articulated baptism incorrectly. Like, wait a minute, you're mistaken. He said to me, he said, you sound like a heretic. Right, yeah. It wasn't like, boy, they must be playing a game where they're articulating someone else's belief. It was, I think Pastor Wolfmiller is off his rocker. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit disturbed that you think that I would actually teach that about baptism. <laughs> and it's so, 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 so deserved to be crunched. I mean, mega crunched. So, uh, if you guys would put the mega, mega crunch. crunch on the song, that would be awesome. <laughs> Keep uh, preaching the word, pastors. Keep it mediocre. Mediocre and hilarious. Where bad jokes never get old, this is ha! Table Talk Radio. Right? Hey, that reminds me. <laughs> that, that, that reminds me of all of my jokes. <laughs> this makes me think. Uh, well, Hey, we got to squash the rumors around here, you know, because uh, the last two shows were a long time posting. We've been kind of hit and miss lately. You know, I don't know if you've noticed that. Mm -mm. Mm. I have been but, feeling uh, better, though. Maybe, yeah. That, getting that back be. into a groove, I think. I'm now semi-settled down here in Austin, Texas. And now that you mentioned I have been having nightmares, I've been feeling better. Peaceful. Huh. Maybe that has something to do with it. All's well. In fact, I was up in South Dakota last week. That was great. It was during the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally, which is a great Did time to hire, have a Higher Things conference. Oh, uh, I was going to say, I thought maybe you went there for that. Did you wear and, your, your, your leathers? No, no, I forgot. Oh, I didn't even, if I, if I would have only known. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, you didn't know? You got there like, what's going on What here? are all these motorcycles They have a lot here. of motorcycles here. I didn't even know. This is a problem. I mean, the, like the day before, I'm like, where am I going tomorrow? <laughs> it's been a bad summer for that. But anyhow, it was great. And they wanted to do a live crunch, a live crunch. Oh, of interesting. A, yeah, so... So the pastor set it up, and they got the YouTubes out there, and I taught the cruncher to the kids, and then we crunched three or four songs. That was a lot of fun. Were they putting you to the test, like wondering if you actually come up with all this on the spot? Like, I, I bet it's edited in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who's thought that? Table Talk Radio is so good. It must have taken five or six takes. Yeah. Said nobody ever. Yeah, we we, we is barely, that how that meme goes? We is that old do, is that an old meme? We barely do one take. <laughs> uh, now I we record an hour radio show in forty five minutes. I'm interested in this question because you are about uh, seventeen years ahead of me in this endeavor. What's it like wow. as a father uh, taking your oldest child and daughter off to college? Can you believe? So today is Hannah's nineteenth birthday that we're recording, and she is. Starting school today in New Mexico. First day of school, first day of work up there. She got a job this weekend. And so Carrie and I were, this morning we're talking about how, what are we going to do tonight? Are we going to go to the gym or what? And then we're like, it's Hannah's birthday. We can't do uh, oh, That must have hit you, huh? Blam. <laughs> it's wow. something. Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's really something. I mean, it's it's uh, probably kind of like, you know, uh, uh, well, I've been, training for this the last 19 years now we now we're gonna see how we did you know like uh remember everything i ever taught you <laughs> i know <laughs> well i it's for it, it's for me what happens is anytime i see like a little girl like a little two-year-old or a baby girl or like a six-year-old girl walking around holding their dad's hand or something and i'm like oh hmm. ah what was uh, <laughs> yep yep all right well uh God be praised. Alas, but we got to, yep. I mean, this is this is what we're doing as parents, right? We, we're trying to get the kids ready to to fly on their own. So, I mean, I'm very proud of Hannah and, and not worried. Um, you Pastor, know, sorry. The Lord is good, so. Yes, indeed. All right, well, we're going to do a little bit of Ten Commandments in the news, but first, I guess we do buzzwords on this show. My buzzword for you is the cross. Ha, ha, ha. Hmm. Now, the reason why I'm thinking about the cross is because I'm just doing a little show prep for cross defense, which comes on later. 
And I was reading this book. Our friend Pastor McCoy, you know Pastor McCoy? Oh, yeah, the Pastor McCoy. The Pastor McCoy, uh, your associate pastor. That's funny. Wait, wait, uh, why is that funny? He, uh, I don't know what. <laughs> but he, he has done an audio version of this book, which is Preparing to Die, which I was looking at the, the, the actual book of it. It's out of print, but some guys brought it back. And he has these seven rules for the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, which is a which is incredible, and so I'm I want to try to blog about this. So if people want to read these seven rules of the cross, they can go to wolfmuller.co and probably look on the new blog or something, or just search for it on there. But he but when he's talking about the cross, and this is important, is that he's talking about the Christian's cross. We often think of the cross as the cross of Jesus. That's true, but in theology, oftentimes whenever you see the topic the cross. It's talking about the Christian life of suffering. Mm. So, for example, he has these seven rules of the cross, and the first rule is that we were ordained for the cross, preordained. The cross was pre-selected for us, and his verse for that is Romans eight twenty twenty nine. For whom God did foreknow, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. You were ordained to a cross and to suffering. The second rule of the cross is... Um, it's the Lord's will that believers should bear his cross after Jesus. Take up your cross and follow me. The third rule of the cross is that the cross is a schoolhouse. It's a chastening school, a testing school, and a martyr school, which is really cool. The fourth rule of the cross is the cross is a sign not of wrath but of the love of God. Beautiful stuff. Uh, then there's a couple more I can't find. Oh, yeah, here's the fifth rule. Uh, the greater the distress, the closer God is. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. Psalm 91. The sixth rule of the cross is it serves for our greater good and for our harm. And it has a list of reasons that are there. And then the seventh rule of the cross is that patience, prayer, and hope permit no cross to become too severe. And it, here it quotes Jer- Lamentations 3.26, Psalm 50.15, Ecclesiasticus 2.10, 1 Corinthians 10.13, etc., so those are the seven rules of the cross in the Christian life. That's really, really quite wonderful. Right. Good. And and I should say too that uh, Pastor McCoy has made this audio available on the church website faithrogueriver.org. And there's what is a... this a plug for you? What are you doing? <laughs> just you're just plugging uh, your website? I forgot we had a policy against uh, doing shameless. A, a poll. That's right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Scolia Audio is a menu people, there on there. What if people go to to your website instead of my website now? <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm sure I'm gonna be stealing all your tra- your traffic. Yeah, that's right. Uh, my uh, theological buzzword for you is remission. You know, we talk about the remission of sin, which uh, is talking about the forgiveness of sin. So uh, remission uh, does. I mean, the forgiveness, but, you know, all of these words have a particular nuance uh, to them. And re- the, the nuance behind remission is the uh, cancellation of a debt. And so um, if you think about uh, uh, a, a, a debt being um, uh, b- being indebted upon our sin that we uh, transgress against God, and so now we are, we are, uh, we're in debt, that, that God would come along for the sake of Christ and cancel that debt, uh, and we even use the word that we would forgive the debt. Um, then uh, we are—that is the remission of sin. So, so one parable that Jesus tells about this is is the man who uh, who is who is in debt, like uh, what is it, like a hundred dollars? I think that's what U.S. dollars is. What it, the you know, gospels talk about hundred U.S. dollars, and uh, he's for. Uh, oh no no! It's, I'm going to go the opposite way. A million, a million U.S. dollars. One he for, he forgives dollars. the one million dollars, and then he goes to his friend who owes him a hundred bucks, and he throws him in jail uh, because he can't repay the the hundred bucks. And of course, uh, the obvious thing is, well, if if you have been given so much, um, and yet you don't forgive so little, uh, so so even Jesus employs this idea of debt to talk about uh, sin and forgiveness. That's All right. Nice. So let's see how much time we have left in the segment. Oh, good, two minutes. I'm going to start it on this uh, Ten Commandments of News. This comes from Fox and Friends. Here's the story. Welcome back. Well, as the White House cracks down on illegal immigration, the largest Lutheran denomination in America is fighting back. The Evangelical Lutheran Church in America voting to become the nation's first, get this, sanctuary church body, pledging to shelter illegals and fight deportation cases. 
So is this crossing the line? Here to weigh in is Fox News contributors Jonathan Morris and Pastor Robert Jeffers, as well as Kunta mm -hmm. Ahmed, member of the Shoah Foundation at the University of Southern California. Uh, gentlemen, and now, before we hear from these experts, I'm sure, um, I, I think one, one of the aspects of Ten Commandments in the news here is uh, going to be the Fourth Commandment. And so, I was thinking the Eighth Commandment, bearing false witness with the name Evangelical Lutheran <laughs> Church of America. Yeah, that so frustrates me. I, I talk to people and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're the guys that love the Pope. And also, <laughs> oh. I mean, the reason I first heard about this story, I, I, I had this was not did not come across my screen. But all these people came to church one Sunday and were like, bro, I don't like the name Lutheran anymore. And I was like, why? And then, then I heard about the story. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So yeah, so what? Trademark infringement, or what do you want? Uh, yeah, do... <laughs> didn't we pass? Did we the mean Lutherans, also known as the LCMS, <laughs> didn't we pass a, a resolution that said that the ELCA is not to be considered a Lutheran church? If not, we should. It's not evangelical because they don't. They, they number one, they don't have the gospel, and number two, they believe everybody's. I mean, they're basically universalists. So why would you care to? They're they're evangelical Lutheran. They're not Lutheran. There's I mean, they don't. Their sola scriptura is way gone. But what they got guys. going for them is they're they're at least in America. You, you, they're you in America. <laughs> but look, but not anymore. This is this is resolution is taking the A out of America because oh, they they're man. probably transnational now. Oh, I'll bet man. you there was some resolution at the ELCA convention to take the A out of the ELCA because it's <laughs> it's not transnational enough for them. <laughs> I know it. All right. Well, when we get back to this break, I want to ask a question about if uh, if there's a, a law, a government that has a law about who can enter the country. Um, are we observing that law, that that government, by saying we're going to house those who are here illegally? We're going to be right back. You're listening to Table Talk Radio and Ten Commandments in the News. Love your sack solo here. Love it. Table Talk Radio. Well, we think we're funny. I'm taking some old Luther stuff, pulling it out of the collections and publishing it. You can download it for free or buy them for five bucks. Find it the Everyone's Luther at Wolfmuller.co. Click on the books at the top of the page. Okay, we are back here on Table Talk Radio doing some Ten Commandments in the News with the Sanctuary Church Body, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Uh, evangelical. All right. So here Transnational <laughs> Evangelical Lutheran Church of Transnationalism. <laughs> so, okay, so talk about the Fourth Commandment here. So, um, Let's see. Well, hold on. Let me remind you. This is, this is Sabbath, the interesting kind of murder. discussion. Because Family. You honor your father and mother. Fourth commandment: honor your father and mother. Got right, it. Right. So uh, you have, which also includes all govern all governing authorities, oh, government. Yeah. And so the government has said, you know, these are the legal ways for people to enter the country. These are the ways that would not be legal to enter the country. And the church body has said, uh, regardless of how you've entered the country, or particularly if you've entered it illegally against the country's laws, then we want to be uh, a place of refuge for you. Um, now, I, I think what uh, I think how the the those in the ELCA would talk about this is say, well, our country's laws are immoral. They're they're not. What would they say? Uh, they're, Woke. Yeah, I mean, the, the, here these are these are people. We have to care for them, and so this kind of a thing. So, so how do we balance that? On the one hand, as Christians, we're supposed to. Uh, care about the fourth commandment. Yes. Uh, at the same time, we're all supposed to care about a human being. So what do we do? Uh, uh, I don't know. What? So what, I mean, so it, I suppose it depends on the circumstances. So, so we want our love to be shaped by three things. Are you ready for this? I'll make a list. I'm right going to write off this the down. top of my head. We want our love to be shaped first by the commandment of God. Second, by our particular vocation, and third, by our neighbor's need. How about that for a list? Huh. 
So whenever it comes to love, I say, okay, it's time to love. So then I say, okay, well, what's the commandment? What's the vocation? What's my neighbor's need? Oh, yeah, easy enough. Let's so listen. so now so we so okay so we're looking at the neighbor. Let's start with the neighbor's need in this case. You you probably because you're what a Christian want to start with the commandment of God. But let's pretend like we're in the barely LTA. hanging on to some kind of Christian <laughs> worldview, and we're meeting in convention, and we're driven by the wokes by the by the wokeness of the social justice warrior, and we want to make ourselves relevant. Or maybe maybe let's just assume the best. Maybe we just want to have compassion, and we see our neighbor in need, right? And you see, so you see someone who who is in America and is not an American citizen and came here because things are really bad in their own country, and now they're in a tough spot because they can't get a job legally, so they can't afford stuff, and they can't have a normal kind of life because of the circumstances that got them here. So what do you want to—so you want to care for them. So what, what would it do? Well, a Christian would want to help care for that person. You want to give them clothing and— food and shelter and protection and, and help to serve them and this sort of thing. Okay. So that's fine. But the problem is it's, it's thinking very, very small and not very big because, because what, what, what got them here in the first place? And, and if we help them in this sort of way, if we make it easier for them to get into this circumstance, is that going to make it better or worse? I mean, there's all this, the, you know, we're, you're hearing all this stuff now about, you know, border crossing and children separated from families and all this sort of stuff. Well, th never mind the fact that there's like these kids that are being like rented to be to be carried across the border by people coming illegally. And then they get shipped back and used again. It's like you, and and plus there's all of this incredibly wicked child slavery stuff happening where children are being stolen and taken across borders and things like this. And so you have the so the United States has to look at this and say, hey, wait a minute, we got to try to protect the kids, and we can't if we can't verify that the children belong to these parents, then what are we doing? How can we? It's an incredibly complicated thing. And if you just say forget it, let's just kind of throw open the border, then then you make any sort of any you make the capacity for the for the state, which should be helpful in these circumstances, you make it impossible to to actually do anything helpful so in other words um uh it, it, it's serving the neighbor well to have uh solid borders because if there isn't the opportunity then um there isn't the abuse of these children to kind of be utilized for immigration purposes well the, oh well and that's just a small thing but so but that's maybe the question we got to ask is are borders loving the neighbor or not? Now, how? So, I don't. What did the ELCA say about the about the fact of borders? I mean, do they think that we ought to have borders to begin with? Or are they anti-border? Do we know the answer to that? I don't know the answer to that. We'll get listen. Well, maybe to... let's let's get some more of this audio and see what we can get. Katie, thank you very much for being here this morning. Jonathan, I will start with you. Uh, we hear about sanctuary cities, sanctuary states, the idea yeah. of, uh, of a sanctuary church on this issue. I can hear in your voice that you're so excited about the idea, Pete. <laughs> I am. You know, <laughs> you know, we do want our churches to be places of absolute compassion. And in my opinion, we don't want them to be checking people's passports as they come in for emergency aid or need of some, of some sort. That said, we don't want to create a place in which the rule of law is not respected. That's not good for the nation. It's not even good for the immigrant who is looking for help to suggest to them that somehow there's one place where you have to follow the law and another place that you don't. That's a fair point. Uh, Pastor Jeffers, before I get to you, let me read the statement from the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. They say the ELCA is publicly declaring that walking alongside immigrants and refugees is a matter of faith. Being a sanctuary denomination may mean providing space for people to live, providing financial and legal support to those who are working through the immigration system. But Pastor, answer that question that, that Jonathan just raised. I mean, we're not talking about souls here. I mean, we want to reach every soul. We're talking about the rule of law. 
Well, that's right. And look, churches ought to minister to everyone regardless of their immigration status, but there's a difference between ministering to people and assisting people in breaking the law. The church has no business in doing that. And look, the Bible is very clear about this. In Romans 13, Paul says, government is established by God. To resist government is to resist God himself. And the only exception to that is when government asks us to do something that violates the teaching of the Bible. And look, there is nothing about enforcing immigration laws, securing our borders, protecting our citizens that violates the word of God. That's the purpose of government according to the Bible. And if Christians don't like immigration laws, they are free to try to change those laws, but they are not free to break those laws. Pastor, very brief. Well, I think that's uh, probably the best way to take, it, take a look at it. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Now, he, he did overstate the case when he says that's the reason that government exists is to protect the border. Ah. That's, that's going too far. That might be one of the reasons, but, and, and, but it's certainly not the end of government. It might be part of the means of government or part of the work or scope of the government, but it's, we can't say that that's the, the whole purpose of the government. But, but, but I, I think that's right. There, there is a Christian a recognition of the authority of the state, and you are not free to break it. But the ELCA would say, well, that's why we're conscience-bound to break this law, because it is telling us to go against what God says. It's a matter of faith. But the, here's the thing that gets me on this. It says to, to support and protect immigrants and refugees. Well, I'm all about it. I think that now here, here's this is maybe my own thing. I hear what you think about this. We we have to be pro-immigrant, of course. I mean, it's part of the just what America is pro-immigrant. The question is, it, the difference between legal immigration and illegal immigration. And I think one of the problems, the thing that really gets overlooked, is that the the more people we have coming into the United States illegally, cuts down on the amount of people that you can receive legally. So that if you're pro-illegal immigration, you what you end up being is anti-legal immigration. And that's a big problem because, I mean, just for one thing, it uh, it tips the scales towards the people that are connected to the United States, to South America and Central America and Mexico, versus the people that want to come from Africa or from India or from the Middle East or whatever. They got a flyover, and so their points of entry are much more limited and their access is cut off a little bit. And so... So you become discriminatory, geographically discriminatory towards the Americas, and that's not uh, it's and, it, and it's not good. I mean, there's people who are in refugee camps who are waiting for years and years and years to come over to the United States, and th the system is overwhelmed because of all the people just kind of crossing over through the borders. And this, I don't know why. I, I have no idea why it's 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 been determined that we're supposed to be compassionate to the people who are coming illegally because those people are not being compassionate to those who want to come legally. And a, a lot of times, I mean, I got to know these a couple of families that came from these refugee camps in Africa, and the conditions are stunningly deplorable. They're just... They're, they're from one tribe, and they've been there's a civil war, so they've gone to the next country. That country can't absor absorb them, so they're living in these refugee camps, just in tents or in these clay houses or these these little huts. They're being served by by international agencies, and and they're waiting, waiting, waiting to come to the United States. But they can only give so many spots to people because it it is a tax to the system to introduce someone to the new culture, and they have to wait forever and ever. Because of the because of the, how backed up the system is, and I said, look, why don't we cut down on the people coming illegally so we can increase our capacity to bring in people legally? And it's so much better because the people who come legally can get jobs. But I remember knocking on doors uh, at Hope, and I'd find all these young guys that were there from Mexico or El Salvador or whatever, nice guys, Christian guys, uh, strapping fellows, smart. And uh, and they're not they're sitting around watching daytime TV because it's illegal for them to get a job. Hmm. Uh, so because they came over illegally, but now they're, you know, trying to make things work. But they, it's so it becomes a tax to the system. The whole question of being illegal. Yeah, some good shows on though. Middle of the day, Doctor Phil, Judge Judy. You know, <laughs> can't fault them there. All right, I gotta tell you the story of the Doctor Phil show I watched when I was visiting a shut-in a couple months ago. Oh boy! All right, we're yeah. gonna. We're gonna, I can't wait to hear that. You're listening to <laughs> Table Talk Radio. Be right back. Which came first? The mediocrity or the listener? Hmm. This 
is Table Talk Radio. Hey, daily devotions for your family. Around the Word is found at whatdoesthismean.org. All right, so you're knocking on doors in Aurora, and you're uh, you're uh, visiting the illegal immigrants, and Dr. Phil is on. Go. Oh, no, no, this was visiting a sh- Oh, yeah, that's right. I was visiting a shut-in. <laughs> oh, okay, that's what it and, was. Uh, and I was leaving the house. I was leaving there. There's like one of these. Uh, there's a house where they kind of, I don't know, there's 20 people or something living in one house or something. And uh, I was passing through the living room, and Dr. Phil is on, and it says, when we come back from the break... A girl who convinced a lady who convinced her doctor to pour bleach in her eyes so she could become blind. What? So I stayed through that commercial to watch. And, here's the, and, and after it started, I ended up sitting down on the couch. And there's like one lady who's there covered up in her, and like this other guy with his walker and me. I'm glued to the TV watching Dr. Phil about this lady who identified as blind. She was. She could see, she but she thought she could blind. be blind, and so she wanted the doctor to make her permanently blind. And the doctor says, "Well, you have to live as a blind person for, I don't know, for like six months or something." So she had these like blackout glasses that she wore, so she couldn't see anything. Sure enough, she did it so that the doctor t- t- went and poured bleach in her eyes so that she couldn't see. Jeez. What is going on? I'm just glad you didn't pass through like during days of our lives. You would have never got out of there. You'd just be, hey, pass the popcorn, <laughs> like, would you? Uh, Can you imagine? Now, th- this is a w- the wildest thing. Yeah. I can't. I just can't f- quite figure out what. But there's uh, apparently now you can't say, hey, um, no, this is a bad idea. If you can see, that's good. That's good. And if you just, I mean, if you want to walk around with your eyes closed, I guess that's fine. Remember, but just remember, keep them, you know, in case you ever need them someday to be able to love your neighbor. But this is the point. Can, uh, okay. Can, if someone is born blind or someone becomes blind, can they love their neighbor? Well, yes, of course. But is it is it is it easier to love your neighbor when you can see than when you can't see? Answer, yes. But you say, it doesn't matter. I'm not interested in loving my neighbor. What I'm interested in is loving myself. Yeah. I got to love myself. And I want to be blind. Yeah. So I'm going to. Oh man! Fair point. Something now, really remember, wrong. Remember, remember when it was just that we would talk about um, moral truth being something that's subjective and not ob- objective. So you know, what, whatever is true for you is is true for you. That used to be just in a moral category. So um, you know, I'll live the way I want to live, and then you can live the way you want to live. But there's no objective truth. But now that subjectivity is extended to just normal things. <laughs> it's not right. just right and wrong. It's it's uh, uh, I'm, I'm a blind person. Well, no, you're not. Look, you can see. No, I am a blind person. Okay. It is interesting that this kind of, you know, like the the people who want to be girls instead of boys or whatever. What happens is you don't act, you can't actually transition that way. This is something. How come we don't ever? I just have to do another warning for the kids. I don't think so. Because uh, so let me say it this way: is you don't go from being a girl to being a boy. You go from being a girl to being a non to being a sterile person that might look like a boy right you're never going to be a father and and the and the dude who wants to be a lady is never going to be a mother you can't get that function right you just go from you go to sterility you go to amorphous which is probably why the 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 thing now is it's less popular to be a t transgender and it's more popular to be Non-binary. <laughs> you know that non-binary, right? Yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, all let's, right. What let's we're gonna do? do some we're gonna talk about crunching. Song. Speaking now, of non-binary, you, you've uh, <laughs> you've just been doing the the praise song cruncher teaching. Oh yeah, I'm all about it. Teaching with. So give us give us the quick rundown. What is the praise song cruncher all about? Praise song cruncher is to put your. Remember the picture of the praise song cruncher is like uh, is when I almost drowned when I was a kid because they had this Fourth of July contest with the Vaseline watermelon. Oh yeah. So how do you get your how do you get your claws into a Vaseline watermelon? Same question we have is how do you get your your theological claws into the content of the praise song? Because oftentimes they're not contenty. <laughs> Technical word. So we got five questions to try to help wrap it up, uh, you know, stick a fork in it. 
So the first question is something like, uh, is Jesus mentioned? Yes, no, by concept, by name, etc. Number two, is it mystical in form? Does it is it very repetitive? Does it use sentence fragments, etc.? Number three, is it mystical in content? Does it assume that the goal of Christianity is for us to lose ourselves by making magical contact with God on the inside? Something like that. Number four is, what's it say about the law and the gospel? What's it say about my problem and the solution that the Lord is offering? And then the number five is, is there any other false doctrine not covered by the previous questions? All right. So uh, James sends us a praise song cruncher. Where's James from? He, somewhere in Australia. That's all I know. All right. Uh, so it's King of Kings by Hillsong. Hey, speaking of Australia. Oh, yeah, Hillsong. Isn't the Hillsongs are from Australia? Yeah. Maybe James is in Hillsong. He just wants us to. Yeah. Maybe Hillsong is sending us their lyrics for approval. That's probably what it is. so far huh did you uh did you find the lyrics yeah i found the wrong ones and now i found the right me too to reveal the kingdom coming and to this is verse two and to reconcile the lost to redeem the whole creation you did not despise the cross but i thought jesus did he despised the cross he he endured the cross despising the shame okay that's what it is for even in your suffering you saw the other side knowing this way this uh was our salvation Jesus, for our sake, you died. And the morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath till that stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death. And the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe, for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. And the church of Christ was born, then the Spirit lit the flame. Now this gospel truth of old shall not, shall not kneel, shall not faint. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom, I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. Uh, interesting. Hmm. Very interesting. So there's going to be some things for us to chew on here on the yeah, indeed. theological side. Let's just run through the cruncher, though. So number okay. one is Jesus mentioned. Yeah, Jesus is mentioned. It's a kind of a yes. I mean, that's just plain old Jesus. Talking about virgin birth, talking about crucifixion, resurrection. Uh, even ascension? No, Pentecost comes here. Yep. Okay. Uh, let's see. Mystical. I forget which is first. Form. Mystical. Mystical form, form comes first. It's. It. I don't know how the song goes, but it looks like it's. It's got four verses here with a chorus, which is the opposite of that. I mean, that's. It's moving through a lot of stuff. There's a lot of. There's actually a lot of meat in this mm-hmm. um, thing. It does have the sentence fragments and the kind of chorus, which is just, I mean, praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one, God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of kings. It's just sort of throwing up sort of exultant phrases to the Lord. So there's a little bit of mystical, a little bit of mystical form there. Not too much, although I imagine when Hillsong does it, how long is the video on this one? Uh, 25 minutes. minutes. Four, oh, four, four minutes, that's all? Yeah. So a lot of times, you know, they'll just, at the end, Loop. just hit the chorus <laughs> 20 times in a row. They are really good at, at that. So musically, Hillsong is like the most hypnotic of them all. Yeah, yeah. It's really a bad thing, too, because, I mean, we know the theology behind the Hillsong. They're not, it's not so great, by the way. Um but we're just trying not to import that into the into the song. We're going to give it a fair shake, despite mm-hmm. being from Hillsong. Yeah, we're going to try at least. Okay, uh, okay. So what about mystical content, though? This is 
going to be interesting. Yeah. Uh, this is, so most of it is talking about what Jesus has done. Yeah. So it, um, it, it, it's, uh, I mean, there's some content things to talk about, which we will in the next one, but it's not kind of focusing in on the inside, which is what we're usually looking for with the praise mm-hmm. song cruncher. Mm-hmm. It, it, it gets there. I mean, it talks about the benefit of the death and resurrection of Jesus at the end. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom, I am free for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. Um, but that's, I mean, that's true enough. At least it can be understood in a true way, I think. Um, and so it's probably not mystical in content. Not that I see here. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, now let's get to the theological issue. So the the, the fourth question... Oh no, I'm sorry. Is law gospel? So let's yeah, yeah. This will be really interesting. Okay, What's law the... and gospel. Yeah. So what do you see? Um, okay. So well, let's start at the top. In the darkness, we are waiting without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running. Uh, there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets. To a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. Um, so the the question of law is what's man's fundamental problem and the problem is that we're in the darkness and we're waiting without hope and without light so these would be taking some themes from john's gospel i think um but uh, not really nailing us with the fact that we are transgressors that we are sinners before god i don't know if that'll come out somewhere else though what's well, interesting in verse two when it talks about the cross it talks about the effects of the cross so we can work backwards from there to get some more law too okay let's do that we need to take one more break we've got to take a breather with all this praise song crunching we'll uh, we'll rest up and get ready for the last segment of table talk Radio. Table Talk Radio, unscripted, unprepared, unashamed. The Sunday Drive Home, grappling with the text on the Theo vlog. These are some of the playlists on the YouTube channel. Visit YouTube slash Wolfmuller1. Check it out there. Okay, welcome back to Table Talk Radio in the middle of a praise song crunch. That's Joel Dushek and the Soggy Bottom Boys right there. <laughs> Crunching the song King of Kings by Hillsong. Uh, so, so far we uh, see that Jesus is mentioned. Uh, we see that there's not too much uh, mystical form or mystical content. And now we're looking at the question of law and gospel. And uh, take, we've t- taken a look at the first verse. But the second verse says this, um, to reveal the kingdom coming and to reconcile the lost, to redeem the whole creation. You did not despise the cross, for even in your suffering you saw the other side. Knowing this was our salvation, Jesus, for our sake, you died. Oh, what do you think of that? Sorry, i got to finish my yeah, how are your salty Cheetos and over there? nutty cashew bar here. <laughs> What do you think about? Oh, it? don't 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 worry about us. We're just you know recording a podcast. Whenever you're done no, eating, is fine. Don't. I'm glad you said that. I was feeling pretty bad. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> well, uh, so okay. So to reconcile the lost. So that's so. Let's, so we're working backwards to figure out the law problem. So reconciliation has the idea of being far from God and they're being brought close, being brought together, or not being far in a geographic sense, but being far in a Whatever, there's a broken relationship, I suppose, is the way to talk about that. And the Lord has has healed that. And then it says redeemed. What's interesting here, it says, and to redeem the whole creation. See how it says that? Mm-hmm. So Jesus is not just redeeming lost humanity, but redeeming creation, winning back the whole of creation. And that's true enough. But what's interesting is that's talking about then the fall in terms of in mortality and corruptibility and things like this. You did not despise the cross. For even in your suffering, you saw the other side. Now, that is a question I want to think about. Hmm. Knowing this was our salvation, for our sake you died. So Jesus is our Savior, but again, so from what? Um, and it, and this is, again, the problem. We know Hillsong is they're not going to be real big on the whole sin business, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, sin business. So is they're kind of they're kind of skirting around it now. The here's here's part of the problem is that that you and I, 
knowing things about the Bible and, you know, how it calls us sinners and stuff, we're going to see that and you're like, look, redemption, reconciliation, mm -hmm. salvation. That's all law gospel talk. Well, yeah, okay, that's, it is. But oftentimes we, we import into the praise song our own theology. It's kind of so like... Gotta, it's kind of like when you're talking to a Mormon and, and the Mormon says, oh, I believe that we're saved by grace. You're like, really? Me too. I always thought the Mormons had it wrong. And Did you, I? Real, you realize that they're using completely, uh, using the same words to describe completely different things. I, I was flying back from, from Denver to Austin the other day on this South Dakota trip. And I was thinking, oh, this is going to be good. I got a couple of hours. It was late on Saturday. The flight was delayed. I got, I got a couple of hours. I'll work on my sermon and get a little nap, sat down, introduced myself to the person on the left. No, on the, I was in the window, maybe. Anyway, introduced myself to the person on the, on the right of me, uh, young lady, and what are you doing? She, oh, she's going to see her brother in Austin. Would you go to school? She says, well, I'm getting ready for my, for my mission. Uh-oh. Uh so much for said, that. Oh, nap. yeah? Uh, <laughs> what's that look like? She says, well, I got two years coming up in Peru or something. I said, okay. And so here we go. She said, oh, what, ch so what church did I say? And so now I'm sitting next to a almost about to be Mormon missionary on the plane. I thought, ugh, no sermon is going to get written tonight. <laughs> and it's true enough. I mean, we talked until I, I couldn't stay awake anymore. I said, I got to take a little nap, like with 20 seconds, 20 minutes left in the flight. <laughs> but it, but you're 100% right. I said, I said, what's interesting to me is that you guys, you guys consider yourselves Christian and, and also consider Christians Christian. <laughs> But, but you have very different doctrines, very different ideas about God. So how can it be that we're, you know, we're both Christians? We don't. I don't believe the same thing that you do about God. I believe the Trinity. I don't. Not to mention, we're is, we're supposed to be apostate according to the Mormon Church. I mean, I mean that that was did. the that was the reason for the New Testament. Yeah, she she didn't she didn't go for that. She okay. thought, no, no, you you believe that Jesus saves you, and I believe that Jesus saves you. And when, but this is the point: the Mormon Church, when they say salvation, what they mean is resurrection. Um, yeah, but they have very few people who actually get damned. It's only those who leave the Mormon Church. Everyone else ends up like half saved, like an eternal purgatory. This means you don't get your own planet. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's kind of wackadoo the, the whole Mormon things. But then we we were talking about this. Um, uh, well, what we were talking about how uh, how salvation, how Jesus comes to to rescue us and save us, and it's but it's it, it, and it, that it's by grace. But I can't get I can't, we were comparing Ephesians with Second Nephi. So there's this verse in Second Nephi. It's like Second Nephi twenty five twenty three or twenty three twenty five which says, by grace you're saved after all that you can do. Mm -hmm. And I was comparing that with Ephesians 2, verse 8, which says, by grace you're saved through faith, and this is the gift of God. And I was trying to show her the difference between those two verses, and she couldn't see it. Hmm. She could not see it. She's like, no, look, they are saying the same thing. My, wow. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So, so the point is, is that when you hear kind of Christian lingo, uh, we might have the... Uh, initial reaction to ap apply the proper definition of those words, but we must consider what definitions is the speaker applying to those words. Mm -hmm. And how do you think that applies then to this uh, Hillsong song? Well, I just think it's, we're just going to notice this conspicuous, conspicuous <laughs> lack of, of sin and atonement talk and just, and just make note of it that it's yeah. not, I don't think it's accidental that that's yeah. missing. From from this thing again, we're trying to be generous, though. Or I mean, it's it's nice to hear a Hillsong song talk about the death of Jesus, that Jesus mm -hmm, died mm -hmm. for you, uh, or Jesus for your sake died. I mean, these are good things to hear. Um, the point though that you're making, I think, is a good one. That uh, if if we just have, I mean, look, you could have you could talk about a fireman who uh, sacrifices life to save you from a burning building, and that would be. Uh, amazing and great and fantastic. And um, we would say that I have an extended life because of this fireman. But uh, when we're talking about Jesus being our salvation, uh, it's not a salvation from a burning building or like a soldier who sacrifices life to preserve our freedoms, something like this. We have to understand what Jesus did, his sacrifice is, 
uh, for the forgiveness of our sins. Mm-hmm. And if if we're uh, from a, a church body or an organization or anything like this that does not want to get big into the sin business, you know, the sin business is actually booming right now. Have you noticed that? Um, if you don't want to get into that business, then you cannot have a Jesus that is is dying for the forgiveness of your sins. Mm-hmm. So at, at most, you have a fireman or a soldier, mm-hmm. a, 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 a Jesus that, that kind of helps you out in a tremendous way, but is not yet answering the fundamental problem that mankind has. Right, that's right. It can t- the, the second half of verse 2 says, For even in your suffering you saw the other side, knowing this was our salvation, Jesus, for our sake you died. Switches to a little prayer there. It's interesting that, so Jesus did see the other side. He said, It says, in, again, in the Hebrews 12 text, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. So that Jesus saw the joy set before him, that you will... His, you will extend his generations, the end of Psalm 22, and so forth and so on. I think in the midst of his suffering, he couldn't see the other side. That, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That this is a true question, that Jesus hides from him. He hides from himself the reason why he's suffering in such a, a profound way while he is enduring that suffering, and he does that for our sake. But that's maybe a technical point and also something that not a lot of other people see. So I don't want to I don't want to come down on him too hard for this. Th- this idea that even in your suffering you see the other side that's probably what actually most people think of the of the cross. I think it misses an important aspect of the cross. But in some ways I kind of stand by myself on that. In fact, there's even Lutheran pastors who are who think I go too far with that doctrine. So I, have you busted my chops over that? I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember either. Um, probably I will. I will. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, so verse three. Oh, okay, go ahead. Verse Morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath till the stone was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death. So, I mean, that's a little bit of an artistic take, but I don't think it's necessarily wrong. But, I mean, it's not like heaven didn't know if Jesus was going to be raised or not. And also, the stone, remember, was moved away so that the women can go in, not so that Jesus could get out. Mm. Jesus, we know, left the tomb before the stone was rolled away in the chronology of Easter morning. The dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe, for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. Now, I do not know what that's talking about. We know that when Jesus died, there was a little, like, mini-resurrection in Jerusalem. And the dead were walking around for days after that. That's, I guess that could be what this is talking about. But it is a little bit confusing, because here's the part that you wanted to talk about. Verse 4, the Church of Christ was born, the Spirit lit the flame. That's got to be Pentecost. Now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel, shall not faint. Fade. It's going to keep running. Oh, mine says fade. That's interesting. Um, now I, I I wanted to go back to that souls for the souls of all who'd come. Oh, I agree, yeah. it's very unclear. I'm not sure what it's talking about. Um, but one of the things that we want to be careful of is to, I mean, it's, it's certainly good and right to talk about um, our souls, uh, of course. But um, we don't want to communicate the idea what Jesus did for us was... Oh, we're out of time already? What? That's impossible. After show. Okay, we got to do an after, after show. show. Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. Stay tuned for the after show. <laughs> it's not a remission, it's an intermission. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this edition of Table Talk Radio. How did that happen? Table so Talk fast? Radio is not for surprise. everyone. Please consult your pastor before listening to Table Talk Radio. Side effects may include nausea, vomiting, headache, heartburn, hair loss, hallucinations, like diversion to incomplete sentences, the, chronic imagery, psychosis, coma, everyone's death, listening to this lung now cancer, the first brain tumors, sleep gain, internal bleeding, combustion, a sudden craving to smell your backseat, claustrophobia, uncontrollable urge podcast. to fight the capitalists on Twitter, and falling off Is your treadmill. For more information, visit tabletalkradio.org. No. Uh, they officially closed the doors. Dang it. All right, so I was trying to say, before we're so rudely interrupted by the theme music, man. Voiceover guy. Ugh. Take it easy, voiceover yeah. guy. Uh, that, uh, of course, is going to talk about uh, our souls, but we don't want to miscommunicate that what Christ has done for us is something only that is for our souls, because Christ's uh, death and resurrection um, is for us as as a whole, that is, soul and body, so that we look forward to the, the resurrection of all flesh and... Mm-hmm. Uh, in that death and resurrection of Jesus, that well, I mean, the Scripture even says that we will be resurrected um, uh, to a body like His, a glorified body, so mm-hmm. so that we can 
we can look forward to a redemption that includes a bodily resurrection free from all sin and death. So uh, not that souls is wrong. We want to en- encompass all of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. And it does talk about the resurrection. Interestingly, it talks about the resurrection in a spiritual sense, I yeah. think. The yeah, dead rose from their tombs. It says there. It's interesting that you, you're pointing this out. This this little section here about souls also talks about the resurrection. The dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. That the the souls of all who would come. That's future tense. So that's presumably you and me. Hmm. And and this talks about the restoration of our souls as a past tense event at the resurrection of Jesus. I don't yeah. know if it's supposed to be read that carefully, but. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's interesting. So, um, yeah, so I, I kind of latched onto this, um, who has resurrected me and I, and I, we have to then keep that into the spiritual resurrection because, um, I mean, we want to make sure that we understand, uh, the bodily resurrection is something that's real. So that's something in the future. Like we're not in, in the bodily sense, we're not resurrected yet. (laughs) We will be, uh, upon the last day. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By his blood and in his name. Sorry, I got a little clementine here. Carrie packed me this nice lunch. I normally don't eat anything all day, but... <laughs> I need to talk to her about that because that's really affecting our, our podcast here. By his blood and in his name, in his freedom I am free. I kind of like that. For for the love of Jesus Christ who has resurrected me. We want to remember, according to Revelation 20, there are two resurrections. and And we get that little riddle in Revelation 20. It says, the one who participates in the first resurrection will not participate in the second death. <laughs> so the first resurrection is the resurrection of baptism. And then the second resurrection is the resurrection of the body. The first death is the death of the body. The second death is the death of the spirit. So if your spirit is resurrected, so the, so you have either spirit, so, so your spirit or your soul or your whatever, you have a, you have a spiritual resurrection or a spiritual death. Everybody gets a physical death and a physical resurrection. That belongs to everybody. But you get a spiritual resurrection or a spiritual death, one or the other. And those who have the spiritual resurrection via baptism or conversion to the Word do not participate in the second death, the spiritual death. That's the riddle. So this resurrection here has to be... um, has to be the resurrection of baptism. For the love of Jesus who has resurrected me. That's got to be... It, ha- it can't be talking about the physical resurrection. Yep, I agree. Well, so we've we've done, I think, long gospel and theological uh, and either false doctrine. So I think we've done that together. So what's your final verdict on this song? I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, it's. I think it's about as good a Hillsong song as we have had. Um, I'm just wary of Hillsong. But if you just if you took the song on its own, I think it probably stands. I don't. It can't be used in church. I don't think if from the sound of it from the beginning, it's just unfit for for sacred music. But but probably for something for for meditating on the Lord and His kindness for in in the car song. This might this might swing by as long as you don't listen to the rest of the songs on the album. <laughs> <laughs> Who listens to albums anymore? Jeez. Yeah, sorry. What's an album? Yeah. All right. Uh, what do you so, think? Do you think that's... Well, yeah. So if it came up on the Pandora, you wouldn't have to give it the thumbs down. You could you could just... Don't give it the thumbs up. Just kind of leave it neutral. I mean, you let it sit. But right. You uh, there to... you go. Pandora. <laughs> Is that the same as Spotify for old people? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening to the after show. Oh, yeah. That's it. Beware of texting Calvinists on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs>